Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. We absolutely love giving you the show every single day, Monday through Friday, for free. But uh, it's not free to produce. And if you'd like to keep the show on the air, we ask for your support and become an EPP. When you become an EPP, you get more than 23 bonus episodes of the show to listen to. These are exclusive episodes that are only available to our EPPs with some of the best stories we've ever gotten on them. Please help keep Real Ghost Stories online on the air. And become an EPP today, an extra podcast person, on the website realghoststoriesonline.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the extras and the knowledge that you're keeping this show going. Please, and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, after the loss of his two grandparents, a listener insists that his grandfather is still very much going about his daily routine. Two friends share a similar experience, but are afraid to tell one another about what they experienced. A group of trick-or-treaters feel threatened by the presence of a car that seems to appear around every corner. And three boys have a sleepover, but it isn't mom who is checking on them during the night. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? I'm doing well. It's always fun when we have like a really good episode, um, and then uh, the EPPs are always really good. Yeah, and then coming into to Monday show, it's always like, can it live up to the to the level of the EPPs? These headlines sound pretty good. Well, I try to make an effort there. Sure, I mean <laughs> the show's always good. Yeah, but I mean the EPP episodes always seem like a step above the rest. But uh, the this that sounds to me, I'm excited about this. Good is what I'm trying to say. I guess. Okay. Is that it sounds, these are some really interesting sounding stories. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. We did have a good EPP episode over the weekend, by the way, if you missed it. Uh, do check that out. Some really uh, interesting stories. The one, of course, that stood out the most to me, the danger zone uh, inside <laughs> the video store. It's funny and it's uh, spooky all at the same time. And it was beyond our maturity level. It really kind of was. Yeah. It's one of those things where uh, there's certain sections in video stores that you probably don't visit all that often. But if you were to, I anyway, anytime I've, and I've only been in them a few times in my life, usually when I was younger, to go giggle uh, with friends and stuff. You pervert. Of course. Not. But uh, even when you're in them, like the last thing you want is like strangers or something else uh-huh. <laughs> approaching you. <laughs> so it just kind of puts you in that whole awkward situation on a whole different level. Oh, yeah. So anyway, check it out in the EPP episode. Uh, it's out there right now when you sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, it'll uh, it'll be sent out to you automatically uh, within a couple of hours. So, so do check that out. Our phone number is 855-853-4802. 
to uh, share your real ghost story with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's get uh, right into it today. Uh, we will kick off the show today with a letter coming into us from Manny. Manny says, hey guys, uh, I'm a uh, writer-director of horror films based out of Queens, New York, so I'm a big fan of paranormal stories. Came across your podcast about a month ago, and I've been marathoning them in my headphones at work overnight ever since, along with a few other shows. You know what's going to happen here? He's a writer-director of horror movies. We're going to, like, suddenly catch some horror movie and go, doesn't that, that really follows the line of one of the stories from our show? No. Yeah. He th- wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, he probably would. No. Which is fine. It's inspiration. I'm not well, saying not like word for word, but... Yeah, inspiration's fine. If I were in his place, I would be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. We are a just a resource plethora for anything paranormal if you're looking for inspiration. <laughs> I mean, you name it, we've talked about it, or it will be talked about at some point in time. Uh, continuing on, so first I want to say I love the show and many of these stories have inspired me in some way of my own writing. Ha! Ah! Okay. There we go. I just said it and then he said, <laughs> I love listening and want to share an experience of my own. Back in 2001, both of my grandparents died a few months apart from each other. My grandmother had Alzheimer's. She died in July, and the family still believes to this day that my grandfather died of a broken heart in September. I remember when my grandmother died. I don't sleep heavily to begin with, usually in short bursts of three to four hours at a time. I always have and still do to this day. It was about 7 a.m. on the 4th of July, and I was lying awake in bed with the lights out. My bedroom was in the basement of the house. It's a two-family home with my mother and brother on the first floor, grandparents on the second, and me in the dungeon, as we called it. So as I'm lying there, I saw the basement light turn on and heard someone walking down the stairs. My mother opened the door to my room and peeked her head in. She looked at me and said, Grandma died last night, and... At the same time, I almost cut her off, saying, I know. She looked at me and nodded and closed the door, going back upstairs. I don't know how I knew, but I just did. And being that she was so casual about what I said, maybe when she woke up that morning, she had that same feeling and knew too. Then my grandfather died in September. In October, my girlfriend at the time and I moved into the upstairs apartment. We were young, and it was our first place together, so we kept much of the furniture, couches, dressers, cabinets, tables, etc. We really only replaced the TVs and the bed and tore up some carpeting. But essentially, the entire layout of the apartment was the same. One morning, for some unknown reason, I was up around 5 a.m., Maybe I'd gone to sleep earlier than usual, I don't remember. So instead of tossing and turning and disturbing her, since I worked the afternoon shift and usually didn't get up until at least 8.30 or so, I decided to get out of bed and shower early. After the shower, I came back into the bedroom. I walked past the bed. She sat up and said, What are you doing? I said I woke up early, so I took a shower. She looked at me for a moment and then said, No, before that. Were you looking for something? No, why? I answered. She said, kind of laughing about it. Then what the hell were you doing? Totally confused as to what she was getting at, I said, I got out of bed and I took a shower and now I'm here. I didn't do anything else. Now getting annoyed with me, she said, you got out of bed, then you left the room and then you came back in. You sat down on the edge of the bed, then you left again. Now you're back. Confused and wondering... Why we were now fighting about something so trivial, 
I said to her, No, I didn't come back in at all. I've been in the shower the last ten minutes. She got out of bed and said, I'm not crazy. You walked in. I felt the bed move as you sat down. You sat there, not moving for at least five minutes, then you left afterwards. When she said that, something clicked in my head. I sat on the chair across the room in shock silently for a moment. She said, what? What's wrong with you today? I pointed at a specific spot on the edge of my side of the bed. I said, was it there? She said, yes, so I told her. My grandfather was a World War II veteran. Put up in the park, there's a little red brick building, and there are chess and checker tables all around the outside. Every Monday through Friday for the past 30 years, maybe longer, my grandfather would go over there. He'd spend his day with the other vets, playing checkers and cards and betting on the horses. Every single day. He would wake up around 5 a.m., use the bathroom, then come back into the bedroom, turn on the radio, sit down right there in that exact spot on the bed. I swear it was always the same spot he sat in. When we threw out the mattress, there was even a flattened spot at the edge. He would sit there and listen to 10-10 winds, waiting for the weather report. He was hard of hearing, so we could hear the radio in the hallway downstairs because it was so loud in the morning. After the weather, he would turn it off and get himself dressed and leave. She was adamantly a little bit freaked out, as was I. We sat in silence for a moment, and then she said, Well, if this place is going to be haunted, then at least we know who it is and that they're just watching over us. I still live in the same apartment with my wife now. One night, she was lying in bed and woke me up to tell me she heard the very faint sound of a radio. No music, just indistinct talking coming from it, and the sound of AM radio static. I told her the story then, and she feels the same way about them watching over us, and wishes she had known my grandparents when they were alive, because she knows how important they are to me. I know it was my grandfather they both heard, and since then, if it's really quiet, I've actually been able to hear the sound of the radio myself once in a while, very faintly, from another room in the early morning hours. Sometimes I even hear faint footsteps walking across the house towards the bathroom, I have a few other stories unrelated to my grandparents that are quite creepier and even more unbelievable, but I'll leave it at this for now. I think I've rambled on long enough. Occasionally, people need to be reminded that not all paranormal experiences are negative, and I think this is one of those reminders. Keep up with the awesome story. Maybe next time I'll call my story in. Take care. I think some habits are so ingrained in us that literally even death can't hardly break the habit. Is it a conscious entity? Is it simply the pattern of energy repeating itself over and over? What do you think? That's a hard one, because if you do something that repetitive every day, it could be Mm -hmm. that Grandpa's just going about his normal routine, or it could just be residual energy, which is what you just said, but I don't know. It's hard to know which way to go with that. I'm interested also in the radio that they're hearing mm-hmm. on and off. Is is the radio actually turning on and they're hearing it in the other room? Or is it just like phantom sounds they're hearing? See, that makes me want to say the whole phenomena of Grandpa and his routine and the radio is, is more residual. Yeah. I think it's just a lingering hint of that sound, not mm-hmm. necessarily the radio turning on. So I wonder what will be, what will be being broadcast on the ghost radio. 
I know that station. I, I have commercials on that station. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. I should I should send that story to that radio station just for giggles. They would probably get a kick out of that. <laughs> um, it's in New York City, in, in case you're wondering. Um, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to uh, share your real ghost story with us. We would absolutely love to hear it. Of course, you can also write in on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And hey, if you've not done so yet and you enjoy the show... Uh, consider telling a friend about it. And there's a lot of ways, of course, you could do that. You could put a link up on Facebook or Twitter or pin it on Pinterest. Or if you're a Reddit person, do it on there. Whatever. Whatever you like. That would uh, certainly be much appreciated. It helps the show grow. There's, of course, also the verbal way of doing it, where you speak out loud and express thoughts and opinions to your friends and family. Now, who does that anymore? <laughs> that is so 1998. Yes. Uh, Charlie writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. I'm sending you a story that I had told at an at-work event in November. I'm an EPP and thoroughly enjoy listening to the two of you several times a day. I absolutely love the paranormal, although my own ghost stories are few and far between. This is one that has stuck with me throughout the years. In 2004, I just graduated high school in the suburbs of Long Island. And that summer, my best friend Courtney had moved with her father into a split-level house in a town called Deer Park. We were super excited for the move because Courtney would now live only 10 miles away from me, as opposed to the 30 miles that had been between us prior. We'd be able to spend the whole summer together before starting college. That summer, we hadn't experienced anything out of the ordinary, and our friends all loved getting to hang out at Courtney's new house, and her father was rarely home. Our responsibility-free summer had ended. I started college, and Courtney and I were not spending as much time together. But on this particular weekend in October of 2004, I had come home for a visit, and we were excited to have a sleepover and catch up at my house. It was the first crisp autumn night of the year, and we had just gone to Blockbuster. Yes, Blockbuster. Netflix was not on our radar yet. No, it wasn't. Blockbuster video. Remember that? Just barely. A little jingle. (laughs) Uh, And picked out a video and some candy. Courtney realized she needed to get a few things from her house, so we headed over to pick them up. She said she would only be a few minutes, so I decided to wait in the car. At first... Everything seemed normal. I was sitting there listening to the radio. Man, I'm sure some of Alicia Keys' songs were playing in the background. It could have been Alicia's eerie serenade, but suddenly a bad feeling crept over me. Someone was watching. I looked around, convinced that Courtney was playing a trick on me. It was like my spidey senses were tingling. I looked in the rearview mirror several times, and then I even looked on the outskirts of the car. I figure some piano would help set the mood a little more. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't see anything. The creepiest part about it was that I didn't just feel like someone was watching, but that specifically a woman was watching me. I don't know how to explain it, but there was just something overtly feminine about what I was sensing. About a minute or so of this, I couldn't take it anymore and decided... I had had enough. I headed into the house where at least I knew I would be alone. As I climbed the stairs to the top of the split level, I told myself it was nothing. That what I felt in the car had been all in my head. 
I decided I wouldn't tell Courtney because I would have just sounded crazy. When I got upstairs, Courtney looked at me startled. She asked me if I was okay and I told her I was fine. She looked at me for a second like she didn't believe me, but continued on packing her things. Once Courtney was finished packing up, we headed back outside. As I got into my car, she realized she needed to quickly grab her phone charger from her own car and said she would be right back. As soon as she got back, I was eager to drive away to forget the eerie feelings I had earlier. But before I put the car into drive, Courtney stopped me and said she had to ask me something, assuming it was about her on-and-off-again boyfriend. I responded, sure, go ahead. She hesitated and asked one more time why I had gotten out of my car. I laughed and said, I told you, it was nothing. I really just didn't want to be alone. She looked at me very seriously and said, I know this sounds crazy, but did you feel like there was a woman watching you? I looked at her dumbfounded as she continued. She explained to me that while she was reaching into her car to grab her phone charger, she she thought she had uh, crept up behind her and was trying to scare her, but when she turned around, no one was there. She couldn't shake the feeling that there was a woman watching her. I looked at her still in shock and then told her everything I had experienced. We were so shaken up, I immediately put the car into drive and sped away. Later that night, we reflected on what had occurred. We started remembering that when Courtney had moved into that house earlier in the summer, we had noticed some strange things. A woman had lived lived there prior, and it seemed that she may have been emotionally disturbed. All the furniture that she had left in that apartment had swear words and disturbing sentences scribbled all over it. At the time, we had briefly joked that she was demon-possessed, but we had quickly forgotten about these disturbing details. I don't know what it was that we experienced that night. The remnants of a possession, a ghost, or whatever. And I know that it is one of those things that I may never understand, but I'm okay with that. It was this experience that opened my mind to the paranormal. I started questioning the world around me. Today, I like to believe that nothing is impossible. There are still so many things that are unknown, and I've realized that not knowing is just, if not more, exciting than thinking I have all of the answers. Thank you for sharing my story and the stories of so many others. You guys are amazing. I think it's amazing when our listeners have an instance where they feel like they're being watched, and they can tell if it's a male or female. Mm Mm-hmm thing watching them and I you know thankfully haven't been in that situation to where I had to play name the sex of the entity but (laughs) that's a great game you know I just and I don't want to be in that situation but I just find it fascinating that they can pick up on that and like both of the friends here in the story they both picked up on it being a distinctly female presence Mm -hmm. but as far as the words and sentences written on the furniture and and things like that it sounds like she was kind of into some dark things yeah i mean that or there could have been a mental illness going on the only reason i kind of go to the the dark things is that the fact that they experience something paranormal and they themselves don't have as far as we know anything else going on sure um but uh that's kind of one of those where you have to kind of wonder okay was the person in that house, you know, 
with the cart before the horse, uh-huh. you know, really, was it the, the something dark that was there? Then that woman came into the house and was spending every day of her life there and then eventually was kind of taken over by something. Did she bring something into the house um, with whatever she was doing or, you know, what? Sure. Chicken or the egg. Yeah. You know, my question here is, say it was somebody that had mental illness, she probably could have accidentally conjured something up sure with you know the activities that involved writing on the furniture mm-hmm. so you know whether or not she was mentally ill i don't think sure. really matters what yeah you know yeah she did what what she did yeah. for whatever reason and unfortunately all too often we hear stories of of people who are then targeted by dark things sure. who are suffering from something and unfortunately that's what we hear and that's the reality of it so it's hard to analyze that whole situation without knowing more about it, but um, clearly there was something going on there. Yeah, very so, much. Thank you for uh, for sharing that story with us. We greatly appreciate it. Of course, our number, 855-853-4802 here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your Hi, real name- ghost story with us. Let's go to uh, a caller. Hi, my name is Carla, and I'm from New Mexico. And a while back, I was dating a man with a four-year-old son, whose mother had passed away and the kid he was uh he was four years old and sometimes i would see him talking in his room alone and i would ask him who he was talking to and he'd say he's talking to his mom and i thought it was just the imagination the imagination of a kid he'd lost his mom when he was a little bit less than two years old and i figured he probably didn't have the best recollection of her but maybe wanted to talk to her i i wasn't sure and um I'd never seen a picture of her. We hadn't been dating very long, so I didn't know too much about her, what she looked like or what she did or anything. And uh, one night I had a dream that this lady with uh, red hair and green eyes and real light skin came up to me and said, do right by my son, and then walked away and left and never dreamed it again. And I remember the dream a few days later, and I was explaining it to the guy that I was dating. I was like, hey, is this... Is, does that sound anything at all like your wife who passed away? And he turned white as a sheet and um, asked me if I wanted to see a picture of her and I was really freaked out. And so I said no at the time. And the more time that I spent with them, I would see the kid, you know, at night talking to what I assumed to be his, his mother who passed away. And about a, about a couple weeks later, so I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm ready to see a picture. And I looked at the picture, and she had green eyes and red hair and very pale skin. And it was definitely the same woman who had come to me in my dream, and I had never experienced anything of that sort paranormal-wise. And it really freaked me out for a while. And then the more I thought about it, uh, it was kind of comforting to know that she was still watching over her son from wherever she was. And that is my paranormal, uh, somewhat scary, but kind of interesting story. Thank you. I think it's sweet that she still comes and visits her son and he, you know, even though it's kind of... And threatens the... <laughs> no, but I mean, even though it's kind of, you know, obviously not what everybody would wish for, but it's kind of neat that he's going to be able to for a little while have a relationship with her sure 
with the mom. You sure, know? I see what you're saying. I I could see it being unsettling for the other, yeah, person. You know, it, I guess you know, kind of. I be just being able to identify what it is is good. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you know, they do right by my son. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I guess it's really one of those things. It's almost like a text. Yeah. And and the context that it's in and how the tone of it is. You know, it could be very much, please do right by my son. You know, I love him. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be, do right by my son. Yeah. You know, it just kind of depends how that, that is. And I, I think a lot of times when you hear uh, uh, ghostly voices or sounds, you kind of get what you get. I don't know that it always is uh, actually... Uh, you know, I don't don't know how much control they necessarily have uh, over uh, the context of their voice. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes I just think it's such a struggle for a entity to say anything that when it does come out, you don't get the the benefit of the living where you can really the candor of the voice. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get that, but I think a lot of times it's whatever you can squeeze out, it's it's going to be there. Right. So, I think right. that that has a lot to do with that that tone in that story. Anyway, uh 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us here at Real Ghost Stories online. We would love to hear it. Let's go to a letter from Adam. Hi Tony and Jen. I have a couple more stories about the discount cinema I worked at a few years ago. One night while I and some co-workers including the projectionist who saw the lady in white were uh, sitting and chatting, waiting for some films to finish so we could clean, and the topic of ghosts came up again. My co-worker, who we'll call D, was telling us how he was locking up the empty screen where the woman in white was seen. He was walking up the middle ramp in pitch black when he heard a noise. He thought it may have been someone hiding in the screen or me trying to play a trick on him. He pulled out the torch and shone it round, asking if anyone was there with a loud hello. And then right in his ear, he heard a loud shh. He didn't even bother to turn to look. He hightailed it out of there. While swapping stories, I made mention of one I'd brought up that I had seen before but shrugged off due to a lack of sleep until someone else there said they'd seen the same thing. One Saturday afternoon, I was upstairs ushering. All the films had gone in, so I went to do a toilet check. I walked down the hall towards the toilets and rounded the doors. I saw what I can only describe as a small boy but with a strange orange blur and semi-human features. I could make out arms and a face. He was running from the toilets toward the couch opposite the toilets, which was about ten feet away. I went to call out to tell him to stop running, but as I did, it pretty much leapt into the air, posed as if it was going to spread out on the couch, and disappeared. I told the other staff about it, but no one was sure of an explanation. We thought nothing of it until one of the weekend staff told me they'd seen the exact same orange blur. The strangest thing that I'd seen there, though, is the back end of someone walking. Many times I'd be walking around a corner and catch the sight of someone's foot as if they're rounding the corner heading into one of the screens. The only problem here is that the door they'd be heading into was very heavy, so no matter how little it was, 
opened, you'd hear it close. Not only that, but if it was open fully, you'd be able to see the inner blue of the door. I experienced this multiple times, but I never really let any of them get to me. We didn't bother them, and they didn't bother us. Apart from the odd fright every now and then. The last one that currently comes to mind about the cinema is when the manager overheard us talking about ghosts in the building. She told us how when she'd head through the old dilapidated foyer. Is it foyer or foyer? It depends on where you are. Really? Yeah. If there's Foyer sounds much more... Well, if there's more of a French influence where you are, that's foyer. Okay. I think up north we called it foyer. Yeah. Which is probably the, you know, <laughs> more simplistic way of speaking it. Foyer just sounds more fun. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with foyer. Okay. I'm going to elevate my dialect. You work on that. <laughs> Which was no longer in use. That an old man used to hold the door open for her when she was coming back through. She said he was a small man with a gray beard and a long purple trench coat. She said she'd always thank him as she went through, not to annoy him. Once again, thank you for reading. I'm looking to become an EPP once I have money sorted. Kind of kind regards, Adam. It sounds like you can almost put enough ghosts into one movie and show them into one theater and show them a movie because <laughs> there's so many different spirits in that theater. Do you think ghosts ever want to to go to haunt theaters? Not necessarily because of the energy of the people, but because it's a great way to stay entertained. <laughs> if you're dead, you can sit there and watch movies. People like movies. And there you go. Free movies all the time. And, uh, you know, you don't really have to, like, kind of stay. You can kind of engross yourself in it. I guess so. I think boredom would be an issue. That's what I almost think. I think think they're trying to avoid boredom. I Mm -hmm. think maybe they were roaming around for a while outside. And I don't know if I think this. I'm just shooting an idea out there. You know, roaming around as a ghost for a while, I'm sure would be fun. I think you'd probably get kind of boring after a while because you wouldn't have the interaction mm-hmm. uh, as you would with being a human and that would feel kind of lonesome and maybe being able to engross themselves in a movie that a human is not going to just turn off a TV set you're at the you're at the will of the human watching TV with a human sure of what they're going to watch or turn off or whatnot at a theater it's playing uh-huh that way they uh essentially take their mind off being dead <laughs> Okay, that could be. I would assume that it's out of boredom that that's the reason uh, that ghosts do a lot of what they do. Sure. Is just because they can. Mm-hmm. And because they don't have anything better to do. So they're going to send books across rooms and do things like that. And then go check out the latest Lion King. The latest Lion King. <laughs> Lion King 24. New on DVD. I don't know. What yeah. are they up to these days? I, I have no know. idea. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Interesting uh, interesting thought about that. 855-853-4802 is our number. Let's go to Travis. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. It's Travis from Tennessee. I had wrote in once before about uh, the little girl rattling the door handle and giggling when my fiance had asked me if it was me. Uh, anyway, I was calling again. I used to work in a uh, county jail here in Tennessee, and uh, there was an older jail from late 1700s, early 1800s, right outside the jail that I worked at, uh, had three cells on the bottom, three cells on the top, uh, old stone bathroom, you know, 
uh, anyway, so we'd work night shifts sometimes, late night. And one night, me and a couple other guys went out to uh, investigate the jail. You know, we had our recorders and things of that nature. You know, it gets kind of boring watching a bunch of inmates sleep. So uh, a couple of us would go out and uh, we'd poke around in the old jail and see if we could find anything because we had heard rumors, you know, for years that it was haunted. So we were up there one night and uh, there was another officer with us that was kind of an asshole, part of my language, but. Uh, so we're walking around, trying to get EVPs, you know, asking your typical questions. Is there anyone with us, this and that? So the officer in question that was with us proceeded to start provoking whatever ghost uh, or spirit was in the old jail. And, you know, as corrections officers, we can tend to be assholes if we need to be. So he proceeded to cuss the spirit or ghost and uh, told the ghost to uh, get up and clean your effing cell. Clean your effing cell now. And would beat on the uh, bars with, uh, you know, we'd rattle the bars with our fist or sticks or whatever, you know, we had handy. So later on that night, we're back in the tower in the main jail and we're listening to the EVP. And right after he says, clean your fucking cell, you hear a reply back, very, very low, very growly, you fucking clean it. So that was the last time he ever went into jail. Uh, the rest of us, we still went in there and, you know, tried to find more evidence and things of that nature. But that was just one, you know, kind of cool experience we had while we were there. Thought you guys might like to hear that one. And, uh... I remember you guys not too long ago, you got a letter in, and I think Tony mispronounced the word that they were saying. It was Ewan's or something like that. Anyhow, it's basically uh, another way of saying y'all. It's Ewan's. Like, uh, how are you doing? But uh, that's it. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. We learned a new word. <laughs> yeah. Ewan's. So I think a ghost that is stuck in a prison has nothing but eternity to sit there and hate the guards. So I'm not at all surprised that the ghost had some choice words for the guards that were trying to capture some things. I think the idea of a ghost prison inmate is one of the scarier type of ghosts to me when we're talking about the realm of human ghosts. Mm -hmm. Just because... And this is not to say every person in prison has no regard for anything that's going on. Uh, but, you know, there's some pretty twisted folks in, in prison. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're dying in prison, your odds of being one of those more twisted ones are probably up there. Um, you know, of like old age, like you're in there for life and sure. you did something not so great that you ended up there that long. Um, so a living person without a whole lot of regard for anyone or anything um is one thing but then you have them back as dead people i'm thinking even less regard well probably so what i'm wondering is why is it that they have to stay in the prison i would think as a ghost you could just float through your cell yeah and go do whatever you wanted um, is it like it's just kind of the uh, the cosmic karma that still uh, is in play even in death? It may be. I don't know. I would just think that 
they could try and escape or, you know, go yeah. somewhere else. Maybe they don't realize that they can. Maybe don't realize that they're dead. Yeah. I don't know. That's one of those questions of why are they still there yeah. if they don't have to be. I don't know. 855-853-4802 is our number. Marley writes in, hey, guys, love the show. Finally got enough courage to submit a story. Sorry if my story sounds weird or has any errors. I'm writing it on my phone. This is much more my friend's story, but I thought you'd enjoy it anyway. As cliche as this sounds, my story takes place on Halloween. My friend, Stormy, invited me over to her apartment to go trick-or-treating with her and her cousin, Sarah. After we finished, we stopped by Sarah's apartment to get some things. As we were walking over, my friend started telling me about how this red car she had, never seen before that, gave her the creepy vibes. I didn't believe her at first because she can be quite immature. 11 years old. We were crossing the parking lot when Stormy pointed at a car, shrieking, That's it! That's the creepy car! It was a deep red and looks like something a pedophile would drive. It freaked all of us out, so we ran until we reached Sarah's. When we came out of the apartment, the car was still there. I noticed that I couldn't see into the windows. They were pitch black, but with the other cars, I could see into them perfectly fine. Moving on, we got back to my friend's place and decided to chill for a bit. After an hour or so, we started getting thirsty and there wasn't much to drink, so we headed down to the vending machines. They're located at the laundromat that's in the center of the complex. As we got into the small building, Sarah saw the car driving on the road in front of us. We dashed into the laundromat, locking the doors behind us. I felt as though we were being watched and unsafe, even though the car wasn't around. The three of us didn't really know what to do, so we stayed there for about five minutes. Finally, we ran out, and to our surprise, the car was once again driving on the road. We ran again, this time not stopping, until we got to Stormy's apartment on the third floor. The next day, my friend, her mom, and I went to drop Sarah off. Much to our surprise, the car was not there. We were spooked. I haven't heard anything about the car since, but I have some theories of what it could be. Near the end of the complex, there are some trees and a small creek that leads up to the sewer. Stormy has told me she was down at the creek in front of the sewer when she noticed something inside of it. There was a chair, and it looked like a shadow was sitting in it. My friend called out, called out, Hello, is there anyone there? But got no answer. Then the shadow started to grow bigger and bigger, almost touching the ceiling seemed to be coming towards her. She got out of there and hasn't been down there since. Also, when I was in middle school, I had not one, but two people tell me about the things that go on in the sewers here. They both said that they walked into walked in on Satanists sacrificing cats in rooms underneath the city. I know that they could have been messing with me, but they were both my friends, and neither of them said a thing to the other, but obviously had similar tales. This is where I tie it all together. The Satanists summoned dark entities in the sewers for whatever reason. My friend saw one, and in the parking lot, almost the exact spot where the creepy car was, is where the sewer ends. I'd love to hear what you guys think of this. Thanks. Okay, what do you think of that? I think it was a sacrificed cat driving the car. You think so? I think it was like, yeah, like Morris the cat. Okay. From... Was that Frisky's or what did Morris do? I don't know. Morris was nine lives. Okay. Yeah. Morris was nine lives. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it's an interesting thing. I mean, uh, the factuality of, of the sacrifices, you know, is certainly questioned. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it'd be good to know more about the legitimacy of those tales. I mean, stuff does happen, believe it or not. Um, uh, you know, and it's also, you know, something that a lot of people do easily make up too in spooky locations of this is happening here or there. But I, I've seen some cases where I was curious about, you know, how factual is it that, you know, Satanists were doing satanic rituals on certain spots. Did some research, found actual documented things okay. about it on certain other cases that I've talked about or uh, even somewhat investigated. Um, so that does indeed take place. Um, I could see that having been a source for some of this. Um, it's interesting that the car kind of came and went. They didn't see the car physically disappear. No, they didn't. It's interesting that it seemed to keep showing up yeah. when they were around. So it makes me think, you know, the creepy vibe may have not been something paranormal, but you're right. May have been somebody just mm-hmm. watching three young girls go to and from yeah. on Halloween and not being able to see who's in the car because the windows are blacked out. Yeah. I, I don't get people that do that. No. <laughs> They're messed up. I mean, and I mean, could the two play hand in hand? Could that have been a real human being in the car? Sure. Could it have all been somewhat tied together just with the energy around the area? Essentially darkness attracting darkness? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of links there that have a lot of ifs to it. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, creepiness. Yeah. So Creepy story. Yeah, completely. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories on line. Will writes in, my friends and I grew up in a small village called Brights Grove in Ontario, Canada. My one friend, Ryan, used to grow up and live in one of the original homes in the village. The house was in his family, the previous three generations, and stories were passed down from his mother and her parents about ghostly activities that have happened to them growing up in the house. From a, uh, from a man in all dark clothing entering and leaving a bedroom closet in the middle of the night to strange noises and furniture moving around. I was intrigued about the stories and and growing up in the neighborhood. I spent countless nights staying over at his house. We'd play video games and watch movies, but nothing creepy or supernatural happened to me when I was staying over in the house until one night, I and another friend named Ryan stayed over at uh, our, fri- our friend Ryan's place. We were about 15 or 16 at the time. His mother used to bartend at a local bar in the village most weekends. She wouldn't go home until 3.30 in the morning. We stayed in the living room, usually sleeping either on a pulled-out couch bed or a sectional couch. At the time, both the pull-out couch bed and sectional couch were in close proximity to the hallway that leads to an old staircase that goes upstairs to the bedrooms, and we're about to go to sleep. I and my friend heard what sounded like footsteps on the stairs going up and down. This slightly did scare us, as we knew there was nobody in the house besides us. As we listened, the footsteps got a little faster, as if someone was running up and down the stairs and down the hall, but stopped just short of the living room where we were sleeping. As I and my friend tried to yell at our friend Ryan to wake up and tell them what we'd been hearing, he would just tell us to shut up and that he didn't want to hear it and be scared. 
The sound and footsteps seemed to continue running up and down the stairs and stopping short of the living room. We'd hear the nearby floorboards creak like someone was standing around the corner of the hallway looking at us. With our backs turned, afraid to look over and say something or someone, it finally stopped and we all ended up falling back asleep. In the morning, we all talked about what we'd heard, and I learned that the living room was actually a newer addition to the house, and that my friend Ryan and his family believe it's a new addition to the house. The spirits don't step foot in the living room since they didn't recognize it from the other house. Thanks for sharing my story, Will. I wonder if that's how it works, if they don't realize that there's not just wall there anymore. Or maybe they feel like they can only stay in the house that they knew. They can only watch through the doorway. Like they don't see the other. Mm -hmm. Like only like whatever existed in their time is what still exists. Yeah. That's an interesting rule. And that may not be how it works. Maybe that's just they don't want to go in the new part. But Mm -hmm. it's just kind of curious that it seemed like it stopped, that it couldn't go through that doorway. We seem to hear that a lot, though, Mm -hmm. of... Or even things floating on floors that don't exist anymore after renovations. It does seem like it is somewhat of a rule as far as what entities are bound to abide by it. That's another question. But it it does show up repeatedly. Yeah. So, a very interesting thought process there. 855-853-4802. Let's go to another caller. Hi. Hello, Tony and Jimmy. I really love your program. I just fell in love with it. My son showed it to me after they bought me a tablet for Christmas and I just, I'm infested with it, that's all. And um, I'd like to tell you a story that my boyfriend uh, we were together for 10 years and he passed away. But um, he told me a story. I was, I'm calling from Salt Lake. I'm originally from Michigan and uh, from around the Flint area. And um, this was a suburb of Flint. It's called Flushing, Michigan. And he was telling me when he's 22 years old, he moved from the Upper Peninsula around uh, Lake Michigan around Frankfurt, he moved down to um, Flushing. And they moved into an apartment house, and they had the whole house. It was an apartment upstairs and down. They had both apartments. And um, his mother never did say anything, but she believed in the paranormal very strongly. And um, he had the room upstairs next to his father and mother. And uh, his grandfather come down from the Upper Peninsula to visit, and his mother told Elliot, says, you're going to have to sleep on the couch downstairs and let your grandpa sleep in your room. He said, okay. And um, he didn't tell his grandfather that the room just turned icy cold at night. And Elliot liked that. He liked a cold room to sleep in, so he didn't say nothing. And uh, his grandfather went up there, and he tried to sleep up there, and he got up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and his daughter heard him up, and she got up. And when she got up, she come out of her bedroom door and seen a full uh, ghost figure in her hallway, dressed in uh, 
like early Victorian dress. And uh, she asked her her grand her dad. She says, "Well, Dad, what are you doing out as a room?" He said, "Well, you can sleep in that room if you want to, but I will never come up these stairs again." He said, "That is the worst place to try to sleep I've ever seen." He said, "There's so many shadows, and a virile ghost stood by my bed." And he said, that was it. He said, I got up, and that's why I'm going downstairs. And he told my this friend of mine, he said, now, Elliot, you can sleep upstairs if you want to. But he said, I'll never sleep here again. He says, not even on the couch. So I guess they just stayed there. The, the family did, but the grandfather went back up north, and he never was there again. So... I hope you guys like that, and I'll call in later. I'm getting son to hook me up on the internet with uh, so I can join that uh, podcast. And I just I keep talking to him about it, and he won't do it. So I don't know any other way to get to you. So I'll keep trying, and I hope I join soon. Love you guys. Bye bye. Thank you so much for the support. Darn kids. <laughs> now, it sounds like you got a pretty good son, though. I mean, he got you the tablet, got you hooked up. That's good. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's a cool thing. And thank you so much for sharing that story. We love having you as a listener. And that, that's creepy. It is creepy. I did want to tell her, we did get your previous call. It's just the questions you asked. Um, I'm going to pose to our whole audience. Okay. She asked a question, um, and this, this is going out from me to our Australian listeners about ghosts and the Aborigine culture as far as what they call them and how they're looked at. Um, This was Rita in Salt Lake that asked this question. And she also posed the question if uh, we believe Christians turn into ghosts. And I would say yes, because we've had several stories of, you know, people that were even religious figures Mm -hmm. coming back. And haunting. So I, I think yeah. it has no bounds as far as what religion you subscribe to. Yeah, I think it doesn't discriminate. And I, I just think it, I don't know if it happens to everyone. And I don't know why it happens, when it happens. But uh, it certainly, according to every story and everything that I would base my guesstimate on, it doesn't discriminate ab- about what you believe in spiritually right it just seems to happen to some and maybe not to others yeah don't know why that's why we have our show (laughs) (laughs) we're still trying to figure it all out and we never will no but we'll just keep telling stories (laughs) and make ourselves more confused than we were to begin with uh thank you guys so much for uh supporting the show becoming epps if you're not one yet please consider becoming one uh it's only five bucks a month get access to all those previous epp episodes 27 in total now and of course brand new ones every single week that go out to you Uh, it's totally worth it um and of course you get the satisfaction of knowing that uh you're keeping our show show alive uh, because there's a lot of back-end costs uh, for uh, getting the show distributed and, and all that fun stuff so uh, it keeps it going and you get some some bonus as well so check that out and thank you in advance for the, uh, the support there until next time for jenny brewski i'm tony brewski thanks for listening to another episode of real ghost stories online